Hey, multi-multi-listeners, a quick special announcement for you before we hop into today's show. As you guys have been hearing over the last couple of episodes, we are excited to share that we are the official podcast of the Youth Cartels Multi-Site Youth Ministry Conference coming this January, January 13th through 15th exactly, down in Georgia, beautiful Cleveland, Georgia, at the amazing Woodlands Camp. This is going to be an incredible opportunity for you and your entire team to spend a few days learning from other leaders, not just experts in multi-site, but also our peers from other churches, other multi-site student ministries from around this nation. The link is in our bio, or you can go directly to the youthcartel.com slash multi and get signed up, find out more info, find out why others are bringing their teams. Uh, the early bird registration is still going on now until mid-December. Again, going to be an incredible experience. Uh, you'll even hear today's guest mention a little bit about it as chef and orange leaders and orange students are a part of this incredible opportunity, the Youth Ministry Multi-Site Conference coming in January. Thanks so much, guys. Now on to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Multi Multi, a podcast discussing the multitude of multi-site ministry. My name is EJ Swanson. I'm joined here by two of my very best friends, uh, Miss Kim Schuler, Hello. Mr. Joe Crabb. Hey there. As well as our very, very good friend to all of us, Mr. Trevor Callis. And Trevor is looking dashing as normal. Man, the red hair Trevor today is on point. And we have a very special guest, a friend of mine um, for a few years now, uh, Mr. Tom Shefshunis, or as we all affectionately call him in the student ministry, youth ministry world, the great chef. Tom, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. We're so blessed that um, you are here. And um, Tom, you've played so many different roles over the years in what I um, have seen, witnessed as not only um, a friend and somebody that I can bounce things off on, but also some predominant roles throughout student ministry, youth ministry um, in our country. And um, I just am humbled and so grateful that you're you're with us you today. Um, when Joe, Kim, and I were talking about uh, guests we'd love to have on the podcast, you were certainly at the top of our list. and. Again, a deep gulp from me. Thank you uh, for all that you've you've done um, over the years for for all of us and continue to do. I know it's a new season, so um, yeah. you know over the years, Tom, you've been a um, a high school teacher, then into a principal role, then yeah. spent um, how many years were you at North Point, Tom? I was at North Point for thirteen years. Okay, thirteen years, and wow. as. Um, you know, one of the the leading roles I know you had there, and not only writing and doing other things, but um, you were the multi-site director of transit for some time. And now you've moved into a new role um, as you've done some things with Orange, and now you're the CEO of U Specialties, correct? Yeah, yeah, that that was a surprise, but that, super excited about it, for that, sure. That's awesome. And, and everything that's happening, the things that I, I see via social and um, the conferences coming up, um, this year, conference is in Tampa, correct? It is. And the weekend before Thanksgiving, November 21st. Awesome. 24th. So 
we're hoping to get down there and um, have some of our team down there as well. Yeah. And you know, the, the vision of our podcast, if this is your very first time listening, is to equip um, churches who are either entering into the um, multi-site student ministry place or are already there and how we can equip them and serve um, alongside of you. And, you know, we're um, so humbled to be a part of this amazing um, youth ministry network of um, other podcasters, the youth ministry um podcast network. And we found that there are so many different churches that are diving into this multi-site realm. And um, Joe and Kim, I know that as we've been thinking about spending time um, with Chef as an expert, there's some things that um, we've all wanted to, to, to just beg of him to share with us. And Tom, will you give us a little bit of what you see right now as the landscape of multi-site student ministry, just general? Yeah. um, It's a, it's an interesting thing because multi-site student ministry is not um, usually the the catalyst for a church to go multi-site. And student ministers have to follow the fact that the churches have gone. I haven't heard yet. Why have you gone multi-site? Well, our student ministry's grown so much that we needed to reach different, you know. Um, in student ministry, we get to respond to the churches um, as they decide to go multi-site. Um, one yeah. of my biggest questions is why did you go multi-site? And again, yeah. it's, uh, it's important for a few reasons. Um, even if you didn't get to choose, um, that's a really important thing to understand. So why your church went multi-site, whether it was, they were out of room, um, the, you know, any, for good reasons, they, they, uh, have people come in from far away and it was just a better, um, approach or, um, the lead pastor is uh, egomaniac and wants to be on a thing. Like those are the, a lot of the reasons, you know, that, that are out there. Yeah. And, um, and then we're left to kind of pick up the pieces. What I'm seeing is mostly uh, a dangerous idea that multi-campus ministry saves the church money or that they can do more with less. And yeah. um, that is just, I haven't seen it work well where that's actually true. And because at the end of the day, it's about relationships. And often I'm seeing the student pastor uh, or student pastors basically get a new environment 10, 15, 20 miles away um, that they're responsible for, um, but nobody to the staff. So that, that's, that makes it a lot tougher. You know, the time space continuum is real and uh, you can't be in two places at once. Yeah. So, Yes. And relationships are important, whether it's your relationships with your volunteers, so they have great relationships with their kids, or it's your relationship with kids, depending on, you know, the size of your ministry. It's, you've got to be the body of Christ and you've got to be, you know, that's my big thing. Like I am, I'm not 100% against, um, you know, using digital formats to get to kids and, and minister to kids. I think there are a lot of applications of it. But I'm 90% skeptical when someone tells me that they can get the same effect uh, from sitting down with a kid over time. I just think that's real discipleship. So physical presence over time. So with some of that, it's I love hearing your passion for for those relationships with with students and, and knowing that's where life change occurs. Um, and the opportunity you have to come alongside other brothers and sisters in Christ. I'd love to hear a little bit more uh, about what it is that, that you're currently doing that does just bring you life, makes you tick, uh, yeah. gets you excited about, about ministry. 
Well, I mean, just working with youth workers, just youth ministry in general. I love the people. I feel like, um, you know, when I left North Point, I decided I was going to give my second half of my career to the people who do this for a living. And then um, I didn't know youth specialties would be in my future when I made that decision. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew that was what was stirring my heart that I had that I was done with um, what I'd been asked to do at North Point and was looking towards what would be next. Um, and I just feel like youth ministries has, we need to raise the bar in youth ministry across this country, um, in churches in general. And, um, I mean, what really gets me stoked is, you know, the average youth worker in this country is, um, under-resourced, overwhelmed and lonely. So getting to run YS, um, those are the, my three targets on a daily basis is how am I going to provide community for youth workers? How am I going to get them the best resources and strategy and how I'm going to help them feel, prepared for their job. Um, so that's what gets my heart going. But as, and, and that comes down to relationships as well. You know, that's what I love about the conference. You get face to face with people and you walk away with um, great relationships because often um, not a lot in multi campus churches, but in a lot in, you know, the rest of the churches in this country, which is 90% of them. Um, they're, they're the only person in the their church that loves what they love and do what they do. That's right. You know, and I bet, I mean, I bet there are a lot of multi-campus churches where you're the only one who's out on that island, you know, um, and, and that can be super tough. So Tom, Tom, that's do what you, gets me Tom, stoked. do you feel, um, sorry to, to interrupt you there, it just popped into my head though, do you feel like sometimes in the multi-site church, um, there's a luster or a, um, a too quick of a movement to another position out of youth ministry? I, I, I just... As you said that, I'm like, wow. I wonder if the um, if folks within student ministry or youth ministry are as passionate for right. the the length of time in yeah. a multi site church because they almost get cannibalized at time for other positions yeah. because of the movement. Do you yeah. do you think that has something something to do with maybe why we see the tenure of student pastors um, dropping? You know, I think it could be. Um maybe within the, I think it's always been short. It's been 18 to 36 months is what a normal student pastor lasts. Okay. Again, it's similar to the teachers, to teaching. Okay. As a similar, like if you get past three years, you're kind of in it for the long haul, but most people don't, Got you it. know what I mean? Um, make it for that. I think that that could very well have an effect on it. I know for me running the multi-campus ministry at North Point, you know, across those six campuses, people would often joke, that we were the uh, recruiting team because yeah, like the, you know, and I took a lot of pride in that because, you know, there were people everywhere uh, that had to been on the transit team. And I actually came to the point where I just needed to, to rest in the reality that if I kept somebody two years on the team, that was a win. And that's tough because it really takes a year before someone hits their stride. For sure. I constantly was just, I mean, nobody was safe. I was always interviewing anytime I met anybody. If I saw a bit of a passion, I was constantly talking to my volunteers, you know, asking what they did for a living and, and really just keeping track of options and uh, knowing that I'm going to be picking up the phone next week because someone's been <laughs> poached uh, from our team yeah. or, you know, um, so anyway. It's a really, especially in a multi-campus church who's, you know, got different positions and levels to go to. And then there's just the traditional 
tension we've always felt in youth ministry, which is, hey, yeah, when are you going to get a real job or when are you going to go to big church? And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's just one total crap. And two, you know, it's just, but that's the reality. And, you know, some, a lot of youth workers are, they want to be lead pastors and, and yeah, youth ministry is an amazing place to gain experience. I just think that they need to, if you're that person, I think that's great, but don't, don't miss what's in front of you because you're so worried about what's next because what's in front of you will teach you the skills you need. I mean, middle schoolers, and adults, the only difference between a middle schooler and an adult is an adult has a filter. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so some adults. Yeah. I love how yeah. you went from like the truth bomb wisdom there to yeah. like, hey, let let me flavor back in that that <laughs> right. uh, yeah. like let's let's plot the reality here. It's like right. a good awesome. message. It's like a good, a good Amen. message. But that Amen. truth bomb was really good. Don't miss what's in front of you because you're looking at what's next. Yeah. yeah. I think that's so important. And Chef, we really appreciate your insight on uh, just multi-site students because you have come from a place where you were fully ingrained in multi-site students at North Point. So your voice just means a whole lot to us. And I'd love if you'd share uh, a little bit of your time from North Point, maybe some, you know, parallels or um, things that you picked up um, that could be very helpful for multi-site churches across the nation that are looking to do multi-site student ministry or about to embark on that. Um, Sure. Because I think you could bring a lot of wisdom in that area, things that you learned maybe the hard way, uh, the mistakes you made along the way, or the things that you tried and it was a success and you won from it. Um, So would love to hear just some insights on that. Sure. I mean, the story of my career at North Point is the story of us figuring out how to be a multi-campus church. Because when I started, we had... Uh, a small group of people who who were well funded, um, who wanted a in Atlanta what we call an inside perimeter location. If you look at Atlanta, it's got a perimeter around it, and you're either ITP or OTP. And OTP people are pretty much normal people, and ITP people are people that, that <laughs> you know, often are pretty well funded and they want to stay inside the perimeter. And so okay. they had created this like they were showing videos of Andy and had created this church and then they started asking about, oh shoot, we've got nothing for our kids and you know, the the good questions. And so again, that's kind of how it started. Well, it's not really how it started. That was step two. Step one was we ran out of space in Alpharetta. Yeah. Instead of building a bigger uh, auditorium, we built a mirroring auditorium and we uh, did live music in both sides and we sent a video to the other side of, of Andy. And that's where, I mean, friends of mine like patented the whole, how do you sync up the image mag shot with the big, you know, the I'm standing on stage shot. Yeah. They figured out all of that technology stuff. It's and, very much like oh, the prestige. You know? Right. But we did, <laughs> when we did that, we had to double the size of our family ministry environment as well, because, yeah. you know, um, twice as many people were coming. So that was really our first campus was the other, um, the other auditorium. And then what legend has it is Andy walked out after doing a sermon and a guy said, that was great. That would work anywhere. And, uh, and so Buckhead was already up and going. And then we also had, we were out of space again. 
Um, and then we had a ton of people coming from actually where I'm sitting right now, Brownsbridge Church. I'm just officing out of here for the day. Um, we had a bunch of people coming from this area uh, when you look at the little red dots on the map. And so we decided to launch two campuses at once, which is a terrible idea, yet we did it over and over again. So um, we launched Brownsbridge and Buckhead about the same time, built giant buildings and figured out the technology to send that. So that was the the big idea of multi-campus. The challenge of how you do family ministry was, um, you know, the next step. I think a really important distinction that people have to understand is, uh, you know, and Kim, this is kind of, I think, a big idea that I learned. didn't realize I was learning it. Now, reflecting back and looking at it and talking to other multi-state churches, this is just a key thing. Because at the very beginning, Andy said, I don't want one church with many locations. Hmm. I want individual churches connected by a mission and vision. Hmm. That yeah. is an important distinction. And there Very is so. a, there is a, um, there's a, what is it called? Uh, a continuum, you know, and maybe on the left side is uh, separated churches just connected by mission and vision. And then all the way to the right side, there's one church with many locations. And the reality is churches fall on a continuum between there, except for one spot that never works, which is 50, 50. Because someone has to be able to make the decision. Yeah. Yes. Um, but we leaned, you know, we leaned way over into we want to be separate churches, um, and we we did what made sense uh, to centralize. It makes sense to centralize HR. It makes sense to centralize IT. It makes sense to centralize some of the accounting and stuff that needs to be ha- to happen. It doesn't make sense to centralize the areas that need personal ministry leadership. Um, okay. Well, I, I shouldn't say it doesn't make sense. Churches do it all the time. For us, because we decided we're separate churches, any environment that needed a relational leader in it, so that was our babies, that was our children's, that were our student environments, that was our adult environments, that were our groups, um, leadership, those sorts of things, they needed to go to those campuses. And so we did what many people don't do is we hired a student pastor when we opened a church. Um, okay. Praise the Lord. Does that make sense? Amen. Yeah. No, it's a crazy yeah. idea. Um, but again, like family, you know, a lot of people don't understand about North Point. Family ministries is the priority. Um, and so when you look at a, when you like, for instance, if you look at Woodstock city church, it's really four buildings connected together. Uh, a quarter of it is for the adults, a quarter of it is for preschool, a quarter of it is for children, and a quarter of it is for students. Think about that. So three quarters of the building is really about uh, student ministry. So it's a very different model than most of us are used to. Um, yeah, you know, it really is, because usually it's all about adults and we figure out what to do with kids. And that Andy's heart is not that at all. He's worried about the next generation and wants to make sure the right leadership is in place. Yeah, I think that's such an, an interesting uh, interesting model um, that, like you said, it, it doesn't often flesh itself out that way. And I think part of the part of the tension that uh, I know that we've seen is that you know, with the campuses at large, uh, is that sometimes they want you to be, uh, in our case, I'd say they want you to be Woodside, 
and other types, they right. want you just to be Troy. So they'd want you to, to lead in, in areas that it might be yeah. more beneficial and so right. on. But other times mm-hmm. they want you to sort of run contextually so that they yeah. can run contextually. So how did you guys navigate that in just equipping those, those staff, equipping, uh, you know, preparing those environments, yeah. those experiences for students and everything and leaders um, while still giving that freedom for them to contextualize. Yeah. Well, and, and this would be my advice. Like it's in this tension that you're going to find your peace, right? Uh, you're going to find your peace in a couple of ways. One is it's always going to be a tension. And two is anywhere you can use the situation and the tension at hand to define whose decision is this? Um, is it a campus decision or is it multi-campus decision? And so those were the meetings that I, I used to have all the time. And in fact, I created like, for me, I created a meeting schedule so that I could constantly be talking all the way down the line of the employees um, and clarifying, you know, and I always would, I mean, we, it was, it was always fun to say campus decision. We would all say something like that. You know, when someone would come up with an idea. <laughs> um, and for me, my tension was I was trying to create a, a, um, I was trying to create a culture where nobody felt they had to do what we talked about, but everybody okay. wanted to because we were better together. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Um, versus a culture where, and the number one question I would always get from other multi-campus directors is, yeah, but what do they have to do? And so it's the same tension. What do you have to do because multi-campus said you had to, and what do you get freedom to do because you're out here on this island? So that's a very real and that is the tension. And you should be talking about it, clarifying it all the time. Um, and you really can't just decide in student ministry. And that's why I asked, why did your church decide to go multi-campus? Because in the, you will find the answer to, you know, um, is are we, are we a mothership model, which I would lean more like towards a life church. The good news about that, it's a great model because it's very efficient. Yeah. Um, and you can build churches fast, or is it a um, separate churches with mission and vision model, more like North Point? Relationally, it's great. If you're a leader in that, um, yeah, if you're a leader at one of the campuses, and there is no church that's mothership in that, by the way. There's a, there are multi-campus people, but there's no church that's mothership. You, you, you actually have, that's where you really can develop leadership, uh, but it's super expensive. Yeah. I mean, they're just separate churches. So, um, you know, that's kind well, of where the moral and attention is. Yeah. And having that buy-in though is, is so important in that continuing casting that vision that we are better together. Uh, if they're making the decision, they're going to have far more invested into it and have that ownership as opposed to just being told you have right. to do this, you have to do this and being handed right. that in that box. But I, I tried to only say you have to because I said so three or four times a year. I tried to build consensus. That's so good. We would talk a lot about the reality of, hey, we're all going to talk about this and we're going to come up with the best decision and you're not always going to agree, but what I need from you is consensus. So for instance, if four of the five churches wanted to go one direction and one wanted to go another, um, Sometimes I would say, you know what, let's go ahead and experiment and see how that works at your church and go that direction with it. But I want to come back and report if it would work. And sometimes it was just a, you know, I I realize you don't agree, but four out of five do, and I need you to move in this direction. I mean, 
I, I wanted to give everybody autonomy at their campuses. And so I would, I would, I would lean when in doubt, I would lean towards autonomy. And I overdid that a few times. Um, I can think of specific times where, um, you know, I overdid that, but (laughs) (laughs) sounds like there's a good story there. (laughs) Well, I mean, one time I'll give you an example, like at Buckhead church, which is a different environment, you know, and you do have to take in the context of the ITP OTP thing. And a lot of these folks go away for the summer. We had made the strategic decision to stop taking summers off because our kids weren't coming because our small group leaders weren't there. And we didn't want to take breaks from those relationships. It's also the decision when we decided that every small group gets two adult small group leaders so that leaders could, you know, that, that was all tied together. We could talk about that another time. But Buckhead at that time decided we're going to continue to take summers off uh, because our, you know, our people are different. Well, they're a little bit different, but they're not that much just different. And so it eventually came down to, I kept trying to talk the Buckhead director into having the idea to continue summers. And, you know, yeah. And eventually I just said, I just need you to do it. He said, you know, we had an argument. He said, yeah, but I'm leading this, you know, this ministry, isn't that my decision? And eventually we ended up in the lead pastor of Buckhead's office, Billy Phoenix at that time, who's so smart. And he said, you know, to me, there are local decisions that should be made. Right. He said, but to me, the strategy decisions are, what you're all doing and looking at it that four of the five campuses aren't taking the summers off. Um, I think that that's chef's call, not mine. Yeah. And uh, wow. as the multi-campus director, because it was a strategic decision, not a, you know, flavor decision. That's a, a big strategic right. decision. It, and we had the same argument about chairs in the room and uh, I- at all of our other campuses. They didn't use chairs. So kids could sit in clumps in their groups and you can put a ton more people there and you don't have to move chairs. It's awesome. If you're listening to the podcast right now, maybe you're skimming over. You need to rewind the last four or so minutes and you need to listen to what was just said because in whatever context you're in um, on the podcast right now, I'm just going to be honest. You've got to go back and listen to the the decision making that was in there. Also, how it was handled, because I see Tom so many times in multi-site ministry. This is where like those fragments happen, and the right. way that that was walked through, even how um, uh, you know the CP, you know the campus pastor responded in that that moment sometimes it doesn't always go that way but the approach almost led it to the aspect of like hey this is what this is what we're hoping to do this is what we're doing across the board and and you're right, right. sometimes that is the right decision within multi-site and other times it's not um wi- within that realm chef i know that your time at north point was so rich and as i've heard you share stories on that even personally with me i've gleaned a ton what what in this next season or what are you working on right now within student ministry? Um, you know, a few years ago, I loved one of your, your talks. Um, it, it's, I still have notes on it and reference it to my teams all the time about, you know, what are you um, holding on to? What are you letting go of? What are you doing with the gifts and abilities and things like that that you have? And within that, what right now are the things that you're forward facing, you're looking at that not necessarily you can leak to us, but things you're going, hey, guys, I think we need to be thinking about this in student ministry. And I don't know that all of us are. 
Yeah. Well, I think, you know, in these multi-campus churches, we need to constantly be thinking, how do I make this big church small? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I, how do I, how do I leverage my programming? How do I leverage my resources? How do I leverage my time to get kids connected to adults who love them Amen. and who are going to walk with them for a season? Um, that I think the natural pool in larger churches is to move towards production is the answer. Okay. And production is part of the process of connecting kids to relationships. And so to me, that's what I'm constantly working on. I wrote lead small years ago. We just wrote a book about that was to the small group leader. We wrote a book that goes to the person trying to lead the small group leaders, um, called when relationships win that released last year. Um, Okay. And so um, I just think we're moving into a, we've been there, but you know, youth ministry is catching up. Um, We are facing some big, unique issues in culture right now. And the answer is safe places with safe people doing ministry over time. You know, it is not, you know, there's two types of, there's two types of, eh, there's, there's pastors and there's prophets. Okay, prophets tell truth because it's true. Pastors tell truth when it can be heard. Wow. And we need pastors That's good. for this generation who are going to put in the time uh, so that they can speak truth to kids so it can be heard. Um, so I'm doing a lot of work right now uh, with uh, mental health and anxiety and talking to a lot of people about that and how to solve that problem (laughs) or, you know, at least have some resources for that problem. I'm doing a lot of work right now with LGBTQ plus, um, response. How do you handle kids? Um, it's not handle. How do you respond to kids? That verb is so important. Yeah. Um, because love responds, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't react. And so, um, that's, that's a big problem I'm working on and I'm working on, Really just how do we train our volunteers? I mean, think about, you know, at North Point, I had hundreds of volunteers and there was no way to train them to do everything right. And so I had to constantly think through what are the few things that I can train them to do? And I can train them to respond in the moment well, so that there is another moment in which we can have time in between it to learn how to respond to kids who are trusting us with their most, you know, personal stuff. And that's where faith's going to grow, right? Is when kids really start to wrestle with and wrap their faith around the real world and what they're facing, when they're asking the hard questions, when they're coming out, you know, they're bringing out their secrets into the light and they're dealing with that. That's where the body of Christ, that's where they engage with the body of Christ relationally. And that's where faith is built. Not a childish faith, but in adult faith, that's how we build those things. And so that has to happen through relationships and that has to happen through the right training. So those are the things I'm working on right now. Wow. Um, that is, that is um, just so encouraging and profound and so true. I love that too, because I think that that is values and having that mindset that does allow for longevity to occur for uh, anybody who is, you know, in that 18 months or two year time period, you know, because you, they, they, you need that year to build relationships, get your feet underneath you uh, and really just start making an impact and building trust with those students. Yeah. Uh, that, that does indeed take time. So, yeah, I think, you know, when it comes to those events, those D now weekends, like 
what does it look like to prioritize that group time over the program? Yeah. Not that you shouldn't do the program, but how do you leverage the program to make that group time even more uh, profound? How do you leverage the program to make the relationship with the small group leaders and the students even more um, meaningful? Um, if you think like along those lines, um, you know, I, I see so many D-Now weekends where they give the weekend, they give the small group leaders the weekend off and bring in some college kids to really, you know, to be the, the and it's like, oh my gosh, you're missing well, what a mess. the most rich opportunity to build those relationships Agree. and, and Agree. drive those relationships forward. So don't miss that. I mean, that's a big one, but also don't miss, and it took us years at North Point to realize, you know, we changed to a groups ministry and we haven't changed anything about our program or the way we talk to kids. It took us, you know, a few years to figure out, oh, okay, the talk is really to, to bring life, uh, to handle the scriptural truths uh, responsibly, but to set up a great conversation you know, Tom, I know one of the um, the greatest privileges that uh, all of us have had, I'm sure people too who are listening, is the opportunities to um, hear from you in the platform and those type of things. Um, I love the things that at times you show uh, share, excuse me, on, on social. And as we um, wrap up today, I know um, you specialties, as we mentioned earlier, is right around the corner. Um, where, where else or how else are the great ways to connect with you, to track along with the thoughts that you're sharing? Um, I believe you're going to be at the multi-site uh, campference in yep. January. Is that correct? That's right. It's right down the street from me at okay. beautiful Woodlands Camp. So Awesome. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I know our our team's going to be there as well, so we'll look forward to that. So, YS, the conference, um, is there a primary social media channel that you share thoughts on or those type of things? What, what's the best way to, to follow along with what you're thinking? Yeah, and you know, by October, I hope you noticed that it has increased quite a bit. We're working on strategies to get that happen. You can get a hold of me at CoachChef.com when okay. Chef is F-H-E-F, just one word, Coach Chef. Um, and you can get a hold of me or you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter in that as well. Um, as I said, those, those channels will be increasing quite a bit. Um, you'll see some stuff coming out in new specialties, um, soon, or you actually by October, you should have seen a few of them. We'll, we're doing some devos and stuff for youth workers. Um, so those will be me, Doug Fields, Josh Griffin, um, Kara Powell has said she would do some. So just some of those things that I think will be fun. Uh, you know, Chef, it's been so good just to chat with you. And um, each of us, I know, have learned a ton from you and will continue because I know your passion um, within uh, student ministry, youth ministry, and uh, that you're not only in it for the long haul, but you want to see that each of us uh, that uh, are involved with God using us in student ministry and youth ministry do that as well. So truly, honestly, thank you for that. Um, thank you for the things that you're revitalizing and reinventing and um, putting time into so that we can reach students the way that we deeply desire to, and we know you as well. Um, so thanks, Tom. It's been a blessing having you on. And uh, today, as you're listening, multi-site uh, student ministry, guys and gals, wherever you're at in that, if, um, if our team can help you in any way or we can process alongside of you, 
you. I know uh, as a guy like Chef, he would love to do that as well. Or anybody Absolutely. on the, the Orange U Specialties, um, any of their teams would love to dive into life with you and um, see how they can help. We're so thankful for you guys. We are thankful that you're listening to the podcast. If you would, uh, would you do us a favor and like, comment, uh, send us a tweet or a text or uh, post a message for us so we can tackle the things that you are desiring for us to talk about. We love you guys. God loves you more. Have an awesome day.